Welcome back everyone, this is Eric and Barry from Moss Pawn and Gun, and today we have another Gun Gripe episode for you. And today we're going to talk about a very serious subject, it's going to be felons with guns. So um, Barry, let's talk about a few of these just crazy instances with gun ownership and convicted felons and domestic violence charges. Well the problem with convicted felons is all felons are lumped together. It doesn't matter if you're a murderer, it doesn't matter whether you have a fake insurance card, it doesn't matter uh, uh, if you're a felon DUI, uh, all felons are the same. And I think that is very, very unfair. A nonviolent felon, I knew a woman back in high school who got divorced from her husband and she couldn't afford car insurance so she had a fake card made up. So the cops pulled her over, that's a felony, ma'am. If you drive without insurance, it's a misdemeanor. If you're driving with a fake card or a fake tag, you are a felon for life. This ruined this woman forever. That's right. And it's not fair to do that. And uh, convicted felons, let me tell you something. If you're a convicted felon, you never pay your debt to society. You may go to jail, you may pay your fine, you may serve your time, but you're always going to be a felon. On this 4473, it's asked you here, have you ever been convicted of a felony? If you have, you can't own a gun. That doesn't matter if you did it back in 1899. I've had people say, well, this happened to me 40 years ago. It says on here, sir, have you ever? It also goes for domestic violence, and we're going to get into that in a minute. Domestic violence is the most unfair thing I've ever heard of. And Mr. William Jefferson Clinton is one rammed that down our throats. Right. Uh, well, the uh, whole thing with, um, you know, convicted felons with guns, and what makes it a gripe, more or less, is the fact that, like Barry said, I mean, some felonies are not uh, violent-related mm -hmm. or violence-related. So, I mean, on one end, you can kind of think, okay, well, yeah, if someone's convicted of a felony, they serve their time, they, in theory, pay their debt to society, and then at which point, whatever rights that you had mm -hmm. should be restored, which means... You know, if, if your gun rights are revoked by the committing of such a felony, then those rights should be restored once your debt to society is paid. Now, granted, that argument could go either way. Now, what if it's somebody that uh, killed a movie theater full of kids? Now, if they pay their debt to society, and let's say for whatever reason they're able to get um, parole, which, of course, would be highly unlikely, but let's just say in a situation like that, a mass shooter or someone like that, I mean, they never will pay their debts to society. No. If it's a real heinous crime, like let's say it's a, a, a triple rape homicide, well, of course, yeah, that person should never own guns. If it involves violence, yes, I can understand. But a white-collar crime or something that, you know, is a victimless crime, I guess, does that make sense? Right, a victimless crime. Right. I mean, it's really just a gray area. And to back up what my associate is saying, when we talk about... Um, when you talk about um, a misdemeanor crime or you know something that is not a full-fledged felony, but let's say on the forum they ask you if you've ever been convicted of a uh, domestic crime, a misdemeanor, a misdemeanor conviction. conviction for a domestic violence crime, which would be that could even be arguing with your wife, right? Or let's say you get pissed off and your wife hits you. I mean, in a domestic disturbance, someone gets arrested and someone goes to jail. Yep. Period. Mm -hmm. That is protocol for one of those situations. Now, just because, like Barry said, if someone got arrested 30 years ago when they were 18 for arguing with their girlfriend, they are retroactively, retroactively. punished for that. So, Barry, explain to them what being retroactively punished means. Well, when this law was signed into law by Bill Clinton, 
there were a lot of police officers that had been convicted of domestic violence, and it caused a huge uproar. A police officer, well, I can't carry a gun anymore. So that what they did, they skated around a little bit, and they twisted it around, and they, they, they allowed them to keep their job and so on and so forth. But the thing about it is, domestic violence does not have to be violence. You can be convicted of domestic violence for verbal abuse. You can be uh, convicted of domestic violence if your wife has had too much to drink and you take her car keys, she can call the law and, and they charge you with uh, false imprisonment. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who went through this whole thing. It's, it's just a bunch of BS. Now, the, the misdemeanor of domestic violence is the only misdemeanor that will keep you from buying a gun. And another thing about it, I had a guy from California, one of our subscribers, he was convicted of domestic violence and he tried to get his rights back and they told him under the law of California he can never get his rights back. I had a guy walk in here one day, said, have you ever been convicted of a crime, a felony? He checked yes on the form. I said, wait a minute, sir, we can't sell you a gun. He said, oh, no, 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 I got papers here giving me my rights back. So he answered the question correctly and we called the GBI, that's when the GBI was doing it rather than the FBI, and they said, yeah. If he's got paperwork that's signed by a judge and notary and all that kind of stuff, let him have a He told me he served seven years for murder. Now, that doesn't mean he committed the crime. That means he served seven years for murder. It means he was convicted of it. Right, he was convicted of it. But he got his rights back. He could have buy a gun. Right. If you convicted of domestic violence, kiss your gun rights goodbye. Your Second Amendment might as well be erased from the Constitution because you're out of here, buddy. You're you know, not going to get a gun. I would definitely approach with caution when you're in some sort of dispute verbally with anyone. Right. Especially your wife. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know a lot of us have got great wives. I mean, I know I love mine. But at the end of the day, if you get in an argument to where the police are called, and it doesn't have to be you or your spouse that calls the police. A neighbor can hear you argue, arguing and call the police. And one of you is going to jail. One of you is going to go. Period. And what happens a lot of times, a man and woman will be in some kind of a dispute. The cops come over. Look, one of y'all are going to jail. The guy says, well, I'll go. And they don't want their wife having to go to jail. He doesn't realize what he is doing. Right. He doesn't realize what he is saying. That's, right. what, that's what's so dangerous about this law. Now, there are ways to get certain felonies and certain things on your record expunged. Right. Now, it's a very lengthy process. It's expensive. Uh, mm -hmm. Me and Barry, by mm -hmm. no means, or Moss Pond and Gun, by any means, are not a legal authority, and we're not here to give legal advice of any sort. However, there are legal ways of get, getting those types of things expunged. It's best mm -hmm. to hire a lawyer mm -hmm. if you're in doubt and uh, get good legal representation. You're going to have to go back to the court that originally uh, passed down the sentence, and you're going to have to convict or uh, convince, I'm sorry, a judge that that particular area has passed you in your life and that that given charge should be dropped and expunged and it is possible but it's going to be costly and it, it's going to involve some well, time. And the, man I, the man I talked about a while ago who had, he said he served seven years for murder, I said, how did you get your rights restored? He said, well, it cost me $10,000 and I had to be squeaky clean for five years, not even a traffic violation. That's right. And he got his rights restored. Now, I don't know all the, like Eric said, we're not legal counsel. We're not, we're not giving legal advice at all. But I'm telling you what we have experienced Correct. In, this, in this field here. Well, the bottom line, people, what the bottom line of this gun gripe is, is that there is an issue with the system when it involves people's rights. And I've met a lot of people in my travels. I've been a lot of places around the states, and I've run into some very cool people. And I'm sure that any number of them, have been either convicted of some form of domestic violence or they might have been convicted of kind of a blue collar or white collar 
uh, crime early in their life. I mean, let's face it, none of us are perfect. Some of us commit crimes, some of us get in trouble, but at the end of the day, I don't think that someone's firearms rights should be revoked just because they commit a, a victimless crime. So, you know, let's say that, I mean, like earlier when we were talking about felonies. But like we were talking about, you know, they, they lump all felons together. Correct. And I think that's a little unfair. I mean, I, I think if the felony or the charge doesn't involve violence, I mean, like right here they ask if you've ever been convicted of a misdemeanor crime related to domestic violence. Well, yeah, I can understand why they would ask that question. They want to know if you have any violent tendencies uh, at, at risk, if you're at risk for those tendencies. Well, what they should do is they should say, have you ever been convicted of a, a felony related to violence? Well, that would make sense. A violent Armed felony robbery. Is, I mean, a violent felon is different than a victimless felon. Correct. I mean, you've robbed a liquor store, or if you've done, you've committed a double rape murder, or you've, you know, shot up a school. Yes, those people should be barred from owning firearms forever. I mean, period. Well, what we're going to talk about now is on this form. It also says, have you ever been discharged from the armed forces dishonorably? Now, <clears throat> according to Eric, now he's been in the military and knows a little bit more about it than I do, but he says if you ever get uh, court-martialed or whatever, you can't own a gun again. Well, it, it depends. I mean, it, it's a gray area because, you know, honestly, when it comes to being dishonorably discharged, it is a little bit of a gray area because, believe it or not, it takes a good bit to be dishonorably discharged from the military. I mean, you really have to screw up bad. They try to hold on to you. They do try to hold on can. to you. I mean, they, they counsel you. They give you multiple chances if you screw up. I mean, let's face it, some of us get Article 15, some of us get in trouble. I mean, hell, my little brother got in a fight with an officer at a bar and got in trouble. And, uh, you know, he got a slap on the wrist, he got busted in rank a little bit, but he didn't get discharged, he didn't have anything like that happen. When we were mobbing to go to Iraq, there was a guy that lost his uh, ID to get back in the base. Oh, yeah, and he got out, um, out and he was too drunk and climbed the fence and snuck back into the base and got caught without his ID. Uh -huh. That guy didn't get busted. But, of course, the MPs were like, come on, dude. You know, you could have just came up to the damn checkpoint there and just asked us for help, and we would have, we would have helped you. Mm -hmm. But, see, people get it in their minds that, it, I guess, again, we're going back to, like, the thought police. Right. They think that they're just going to get busted in all this trouble. But, anyway, I mean, people in the military make mistakes, too. And to be dishonorably discharged from the military actually requires some pretty bad stuff to happen. So most of you are not going to fall into that category, so I wouldn't worry about that so much. Just if you're in the military and you're watching this, you know, keep a straight line, do, do your job, be respectful to people, and you won't ever have a problem. Right. So anyway, that, that nulls that up pretty much. Well, we kind of touched on the felony, uh, the mm -hmm. domestic violence charges, and a dishonorable discharge, but those are the things that I think all fall in their own little separate category. They do. And... Uh, I know a lot of you are listening right now, and I've been in the same position. I've been so close to being charged with domestic violence, it's incredible. I mean, just one, just one slap or one or whatever you have, you grab somebody the wrong way or something like that, and you're going to jail, buddy. Well, you know, I think, Barry, that, that it, would be, it would be unhuman or inhuman to not want to fight someone from time to time. I mean, that is a right. human tendency. Right. You know, we, we argue, we fight verbally physically. I mean, it is a human characteristic. No one is perfect. People are going to make mistakes. But I don't think that one mistake should cost someone their gun ownership. I just don't believe that. Well, everybody makes mistakes, but these are mistakes you don't want to make. You definitely these are don't the want ones to. you don't want to make because it's going to ruin you forever. That's right. So we thought that we would make this video 
Um, again, we're not intending to be legal counsel in any way, but uh, we thought this would be a good gripe. And uh, I know that this is a very touchy subject for a lot of people. I mean, some of you are in the boat that we're talking about. You've right. committed these problems or you've had issues in the previous parts of your life. I mean, mm -hmm. we feel for you. We understand. Well, what we're trying to do uh, is inform you. I have people coming here maybe once a month. The guy will come in, want to buy a gun. We'll spend an hour with him. He'll pick out his gun, fills out the form, gets down to that question, and he says, whoa. Yeah, I was committed, uh, you know, convicted. Uh, well, sir, yeah. you can, and it is a complete shock. I mean, it, it's like their it's like their balls fall down in their drawers or something. I mean, it's 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 the most. I mean, they can't. They're stunned. I know. They can't believe it. I know. But it's true, and people. That's the thing. People say that ignorance of the law is no excuse. Ignorance of the law is the greatest excuse. If you don't know something is illegal and you don't have intent to commit a crime, then how are you committing a crime? You know. The guy comes in here to buy a gun. He doesn't know that because he slapped his wife 25 years ago and had to go to anger management or whatever. He doesn't know that that ruined him no. for his whole... And I think it, that um, ignorance of the law is not a very good excuse in the big scheme of things because I believe that us as people, we are ultimately well, bound to certain human characteristics. I mean, people know what's right from wrong regardless of what the law is. So right. if it's not right, it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. No. Now, granted, there are a lot of laws out there that are, in my mind, pretty bogus, and they're pointless. And yes, if you're not on the inside, if you don't know, if you've never been in those kind of situations, then yeah, I mean, you might not know that that's the law. Um, for instance, the first time I went boating as a boat owner, I didn't know that you had to have a throw cushion on your boat. And I got pulled over by DNR, and they're like, oh, you know you're supposed to have a throw cushion? I'm like, no. Yeah. I mean, they didn't get me in trouble for it, but, but I was like, what? I mean, I got life vests. What else do I need? I didn't know that. So it's just little things like that. Well, we're going to wrap this up tonight. And, uh, you know, that gives you food for thought. And, uh, you know, think about these things. Think before you react. That's right. Always think about what the consequences of what you're doing. That don't matter if you're driving a car, living at home, shooting a gun or whatever. Think about your consequences of what might happen. Absolutely. Think ahead. Use common sense. Uh, don't be inebriated. You know when you when you're trying to do something, just just keep keep yourself cool. Okay. That's right. And uh, we're glad that y'all tuned in to us, and uh, we'll be back with another gun gripe or gun fact here pretty soon, folks. Absolutely. We appreciate y'all watching tonight. Y'all have a nice night. Thank you. Now. Good night.